0: Welcome to Horton Implants Oral Bites with your hosts Kate Bootman, Will Murphy, and Carl Horton.
1: No hat. No hats. Yeah. Wigs.
2: <laughs> good evening, everybody. Welcome back on this Friday evening. Hope you've had a good week and you're looking forward to a very, very hot and sweaty weekend. Um, you'll see that I am joined by the devilish duo in the form of Will Murphy and we have Carl Horton. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. And evening. We're actually- we're absolutely thrilled to say that we're joined by Shimran from um, Evo Dental. Good evening.
3: Oh, yeah, thanks for having me on. <laughs> no great. problem,
2: it's going to be our pleasure, our pleasure. Um, right, boys, come on, I want you to indulge us. Carl Horton, you can start us off. How's your week been?
0: Uh, short and sweet, really. It's been um, COVID central at uh, my son's school. So unfortunately, he's now going to miss the last few days of school because they're self-isolating, dropping like flies. Uh, Today, just chatting off air with Simran. It's been quite an interesting day. Uh, Thankfully, a nice straightforward sinus lift um, with a fairly few straightforward implants. So that was nice at Liberty Place. Malvern uh, the day before that, so still doing the traveling around. you know, again, two great clinics, excellent support. Um, Something on the online stuff, building up the courses, and it's been a real thirsty day. So I have to take a little sip of this. Will are you watching me, Oh, <laughs> is, that, is that
1: the is that the absin- Oh, get lost, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Very refreshing. Good man, Col Horton, Horton Vodka <laughs>
2: <laughs> gets us through do
0: the know, day. They do this alcohol-free gin um which tastes um, just like gin um, which, you know, it's, But it's, they can't yeah. call it
1: gin can they they have to call it something else because you can't say gin if it's you can't have alcohol free gin apparently oh okay there you go uh, everybody you know yeah thank you it's not just teeth you get on here is it <laughs> no
0: no uh, and yeah just just nice and straightforward a lot of planning i mean so we've had a few little um issues with a couple of the, the bits on the, on the planning side just because we use um, some software that we have to upload and we so we, we use uh, a company where they email it to us and just struggled sometimes getting that so that's that's been my pain of the week and hopefully we've managed to resolve that with a few little um, sort of what, what, I don't know what you call it really um, I don't know I don't know what you put protocols, shall we say, put some protocols into place. So hopefully that won't uh, cause any niggles. That's been it. But I, I know there's, there's somebody that we're going to talk to that's got some amazing protocols, no. but, uh, no, which no, I think no. uh, just blew me away when uh, I saw how smooth they were. But anyway, that, that's been my week.
2: Your week. Good man. You've survived. That's a, that's a yeah. good sign. So Will Murphy, what about yourself?
1: Uh, Yeah, very nice week. Started off with a nice uh, weekend in the Cotswolds last weekend. Very good. Didn't quite go to plan because the whole idea was to stay at this sort of nice uh, Cotswoldy pub restaurant, which, um, you know, is pretty well-renowned for uh, the food and uh, the restaurant. However, when we got there, it sort of appeared it was all very quiet and So we were booked into a sort of sister restaurant for the first night, and that was fine. And then the second day, I worked out something wasn't quite right, really, because there seemed to be nobody in the kitchen. And then it transpired that um, the chefs had all had to isolate. So they were keeping it under wraps a little bit. And all of a sudden, they were kind of like, but we can do you a pizza. You're like, (laughs) "Hmm." (laughs) let me think. (laughs) So there was a little... A little van in the car park sort of firing at pizzas, which looked very nice but i guess that wasn't really the whole reason for going so um <laughs> but i i did a little bit of passive aggressive um customer relations work and um <laughs> our money was refunded and we, we we headed home and had a nice takeaway oh,
2: so yeah
1: maybe another time but it was great yeah. it was good fun we actually um we thought we'd drive past uh jeremy clarkson's farm because <laughs> because he's in the, in the area, and he's got his little shop. Yeah. yeah, so the diddly squat farm shop. So we drove past, and there was a queue, like, about a mile long for this tiny little shack that just, oh you know, gosh. sells a bit of tat. So we don't forget that, turned around, <laughs> headed for home. Uh, Dentistry-wise, yeah, just running around from Birmingham to Dorwich to Hertfordshire. Everything's gone pretty smoothly this week. I've got I've got no tales of woe to report.
2: fantastic
1: all the implants are in the right place um in terms of planning i use a sort of pen and a bit of paper so um
2: (laughs) (laughs) nothing wrong (laughs) with that will yeah
1: yeah i I tend not to have those glitches unless like the nib breaks off the the (laughs) pencil um but you know that can be resolved so um yeah apart from that everything's run pretty smoothly There you go.
2: That's fantastic. That's what I like to hear. Has it been one of those cheeky four-day weeks for you?
1: No, I'm afraid I've done the full five days. Um,
2: Oh, I know someone's got to do it.
1: Yeah, there you go. We'll get it. We'll get over it.
2: Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Well, boys, I'm glad to see you've survived your week. Um, And as I say, uh, Simran, we're really, really pleased you've joined us. Now, obviously, we know a little bit about. yourself and where you work uh, with evo dental um can we ask you to tell those out there who don't know what evo dental is
3: yeah so we're um uh, we're a uh, a clinic that focuses our, our sort of work on just uh, full jaw implant rehabilitation so rather than um sort of doing sectional singles um, uh, and that sort of work we tend to uh we just treat patients who are sort of terminally dentate or dentulus and um uh, and we just do full jaw implant rehabilitations
2: okay and carl was um well will you spoke about it um when you came back from the evo experience but the processes um yeah. are absolutely amazing i think, so, you're, boys, I think you're underselling
1: please. it here Can, uh, <laughs> if i'm gonna be honest so. yeah so
3: um I think certainly uh, uh, so the practice itself, I think started around 2007 up in Liverpool, and um, uh, originally it was sort of just a you know it was an implant practice, and I think over the years it's morphed into what it is today, um, and I think that's the where the sort of evolution name comes from. Evo Dental is um, uh, over the years, yeah, it's morphed into just focusing on that one line of work, and um, I think it's. It's got its benefits of being sort of focused in in one area. You know, you can really uh, specialize uh, uh, the whole sort of setup, even the, the sort of uh, the clinic to just that one treatment, rather than having to cater for for everything else. So, so who, who's
1: behind it, and, and what's your role in the whole thing?
3: So the the company is uh, it was founded by um, uh, a chap called VJ and. Um, uh, we my role in the company is so i'm the i'm the senior clinician in our uh, solihull clinic we have uh, three clinics one in uh, liverpool one in heathrow and uh, and now one in solihull which we opened i would say uh may uh, late may it feels like years but it, I think it's only been about 6 weeks <laughs> uh and um <laughs> yeah, I, i'm i've uh, i've been with the company for I joined 2019 and um, I uh, I've been up in Liverpool working with Isabella who uh, I think you may have met and yep. um, and then since we've uh, since we've opened our Solihull clinic I've uh, I've sort of migrated down here so I'm still still looking for somewhere to live but uh yeah, we're, we're getting there
1: oh, Solihull is a pretty nice place to live you <laughs> yeah. argue with that so um what's your background in implants where did where did you get into it all
3: So um bit of a long winded story I guess uh, I uh, I I qualified in uh, 2016 and then I I um I joined a practice over in Lincolnshire um and uh, I had a patient come in with a lower all on 4 and a couple of implants and um sort of being couple of months out of uni she was like you know how's it looking is it looking good and I was thinking to myself I know what this is but I don't know how healthy it is and and whatnot uh, so I thought to myself you know this is something I really need to sort of uh, look further into so I uh, we had an implantologist in-house so I, I started spending a bit of time with him and I thought just just watching him do placements and follow-ups and things and and then uh, I was just watching thinking oh it's it's how hard can it be you make a hole put a screw in it <laughs> you know so it's pretty straightforward great um and uh he was it's actually uh Sam Mohammed and uh and uh, he does a course with uh Mukesh and Azar so I, I thought to myself well if he's local easy to get a mentor i'll i'll do his course so i did his course in 2018 and um yeah i did his course and uh, it was great really good experience um learned a lot and uh and then a job came up for an intern position at liverpool i think just as i was finishing and i was you know really excited i was just finished my course i thought this you know just, this is what i want to do and um the the opportunity came up i'd actually met vj um on one of the the the, the social events after uh, um uh, uh after some of the lectures and he told us all about it you know what it's like and uh, what happens so i thought you know it's it sounds like the place to be if you want to Sort of develop that side of your uh, clinical skills and uh i uh i applied for the job and i think maybe maybe i got it because um i would met vj i don't know um but uh um and then i started in 2019 with uh with isabella and she really that's where most of my um, surgical training has been we have a sort of an internal training pathway and she's um she's taken me like say from a uh someone who's got very little experience placing implants to doing um you know um what would it be Uh, initially i was doing probably in liverpool four arches a week up to now doing probably eight to ten
1: so that's a pretty rapid uh yeah turnaround isn't it so i mean but i guess in some in terms of years and months your experience i suppose is you know, it's it's been pretty pretty rapid and a quick learning curve, I'd imagine. Um, I mean, even now on these full arch cases, sometimes what you've planned and what you go in to put your implants into can be wildly different. Sort of, how do you sort of cope with that? Is it having somebody yeah. over your shoulder with more experience to to bring in?
3: I think that was I think that was one of the um, uh, factors that really drew me to going down that pathway with Evo was you know, I, I, it's, it must be such an intimidating prospect to learn something like uh, f- uh, full-arch uh, implant rehab uh, alone in practice with a mentor. You know, there's so many different variables, think, so many things that, that you have to account for, you know, so many things that can go wrong and um, you need that support. So I think the great thing about being in Evo is it's the only thing we're doing. I've got great support. You know, Isabella was always in the next room and it was a very gradual process you know everything even you know to a certain extent um, these sorts of cases can all be um, thought through uh, as a process and you can learn all the steps of the process and because i'm not needing to deliver the whole thing you can learn it in bite-sized chunks and then put it all together And that was and that was how we did it. And then we would internally sort of grade our cases, you know, from easiest to most difficult. And you would then start with the easiest ones and then slowly, slowly uh, work your way up the ladder until you are sort of doing the most difficult cases. And uh, just like you say, it's it's having somebody there whose experience can guide you through it before you go in and even if you need them afterwards or during the surgery. Mm And um, so I think that was the uh, just a safe, safe clinical environment, which is supported. And, and that was what
1: uh, uh, what helped
2: do you Sorry, se- um, sorry, go on. on well, um,
1: I was just going to say, do you do you set aside time for complications and um, management of issues? Because certainly in my hands and I don't know, some of the papers you read, Papus uh, um a sort of review of, of full arches, you know, complication rates can be up to 25, 30% covering from biological to mechanical issues. So pre- presuming, you know, you'll be within those statistics as I, I presume everyone is, um, do you set aside time for that sort of follow up and management?
3: Yeah, I think um, again, it's, it's, it kind of comes back to because we're doing the one thing, the whole business is set up around um, so delivering that efficiently. And, uh, and managing every everything that can uh, sort of go on, um, I would say we uh, we we always meet once a week. So we always meet once a week as a team. So we have a multidisciplinary team meeting with the technicians and clinicians. We're always reviewing so the the patients for the week ahead, the all the prosthetic fits that we'll be doing the week ahead, and then any sort of cases where we have had any complications or or um, uh, unusual problems. And um, and then we'll discuss them within a within a sort of team locally. So we'll have a meeting here in Solihull. There will be having one in Liverpool and and one in uh, uh, London. And then also we can dial into the wider team. So I can I can dial in with uh, Isabella in Liverpool or Rudy down in uh, clinical lead down in London. Um, so there's a there's a lot of support and there's a lot of uh, uh, different uh, I guess perspectives as well, which is, is quite nice. And then you know I think because we're working just on the one type of case uh, or with the one treatment modality, um, we, can, uh, uh, we can, I guess, build that into the business. You know, we're vertically integrated. We have all the, uh, all the manufacturing and design is done on site. So prosthetically, we can manage everything and, and we can have direct input into it. Um, and then the same sort of you know, surgically, we've got that uh, capacity to manage those uh, complications
2: and how many clinicians do you have in the sully hole clinic
3: at the moment it's just uh two of us so there's myself uh and maria so maria is now um sort of starting out her journey as an intern and um, i get to uh i get to give her the journey i've been through uh the last uh three years and um, yeah it's good we'll have uh, another one joining us about september time so
2: okay
0: so oh, not i mean you, you hit on something there and um just to expand on it it's something that both you and will were just talking about and when i mean you do these experience days which maybe we can talk a little bit more about in some detail in a moment but when i went up to liverpool you you weren't up and running at this point you and uh got to see how everything was there i think that team approach was was fantastic and the way that There was um, one of the mentees that's just learning there as well and the way the whole team were involved on the cases from everybody, from the technicians to the clinicians and the planning of the whole case, that was something that Will was touching on there and the support that you all have and the way that you all chip in and talk about that, the complicated cases and the the network that you've got. I think that adds to that training pathway because I think from, from, if you didn't understand what happens within EVO and the way that everything is organized, I think somebody might think well that's a rapid pathway for somebody yes. to be in your position but actually when you see how it actually works and the fact that you just focused on this treatment modality and actually the support that you get you know i i think it's fantastic i think that the, the training pathway you have is is superb
3: yeah i think um i don't know like you said i don't know how i would approach this if i was to do it alone in practice uh, yeah. you know um i don't know how i would approach you be if you're doing you know four or five cases a year you'd be having a mentor for a couple of years probably yeah. you know so yeah. i would yeah. feel that, that would be necessary uh, for myself and um you know i don't feel like it's something you can learn on a weekend it's it really is total immersion and it was just five days a week um if you're not working in surgery you're working on the prosthetic side which is you know equally important and um, uh, having that uh, having that total immersion I think as well what I liked about being in Liverpool was I've got the whole historical uh, patient base to look back at you know so I'm seeing all the patients from uh, 10-15 years ago coming back for their checkups seeing you know what's in their box what prosthetics have they had um, how do things look after all these different uh, different prosthetics and uh, how do things look after all these years and, uh, and yeah it's it's really good for just building up your knowledge base and, uh, and and finding out how to manage these patients
1: is there any um academic sort of didactic learning on your pathway or is it all just hands-on on the on the shop floor as it were
3: yes it's it's hands-on on the shop floor i think certainly that's uh, uh, an area that we are um going to be Uh, working uh, working on more uh, more of the academic side alongside what we're doing uh, clinically it's um, uh, it's it's one of those which is uh, it's a case of time isn't it you know it's we have uh, like say lots of data um, from all these cases and it's just a case of um, collating it and uh, and starting to look
2: so can I ask you with the, the the patients that are coming through to your clinics obviously they are having as you say the, the the full arch work done so i mean i i know some of the answer to this so really i'm just asking you to explain it to those out there not just everybody is suitable for this treatment which we understand so you guys have a triage system that's in it place? yeah so
3: we Can have you... a we have a, a sort of a, a patient journey and that starts with um starts with the triage system in fact um you know we have an inquiry form on our website and um, your patient will fill this out and they will one of the questions will be you know what do you think you need is it a single tooth or a few teeth or a whole mouth and if they select single tooth or um, uh, a few teeth then they're automatically sort of put to one side only until recently we've started working on partnering up partnering up with clinicians and now if they select those it will show them a list of you know Uh, clinicians who are local to them who are sort of partnering or usually it's people who have been like yourself on experience days and thought right you know we can work together and and, and help these people but um, that's one way in which we sort of sort of filtering out who is and isn't suitable another is just our patient coordinators so we get a very detailed triage Um, you know how many teeth do they have what's their condition what do they think of their dentition Um, sometimes we'll get photo photos and opgs as well um, and a lot of the time, before you even met the patient, you have a good idea of you know what category they fall into. Is it perio? Is it dentures? Is it um, terminal restorative work? And then, um, uh, and then once they're sort of um, filtered out, I think uh, we did an audit, and it's I think less than ten percent of our consultations are um, not suitable for full arch. But that's because the patient coordinators have turned away. I think about seventy percent of the inquiries. Uh, yeah, once we uh well I say once we then um uh, have them for their consultation so we we have a, a free uh, free full clinical assessment you know, assessment ct scan and um and then you know patient will get a, a, their treatment plan uh, usually the same day or the next day and then um yeah sort of take it from there
1: Fantastic. I mean, that's, that's the key, isn't it? Having efficiency yeah. of, of the system. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, it's like a luxury that I'll probably never have in terms of having a, you know, people to see the patients before I get near them, you know, because obviously I'd probably have a lot more conversations with people who are completely unsuitable that, you know, we have to go through the the little dance of saying goodbye or, or moving them on to different areas. Um, what I was wondering is that obviously a lot of people are coming up with terminal dentitions and quite often that can be um, periodontally related and obviously as we know you know the bugs that have caused the periodontal periodontal disease or the host responses are still going to be there in implant full arch implant cases they don't just go away what sort of um, follow-up and maintenance and how do you kind of get that across to the patient that you know you lot are we're all sort of married to our implant patients uh, in some respects yeah. aren't we How, how's that side of things managed i
3: think um you know certainly my approach is i think you have to be very matter of fact you know i'm not there to sell anything it, i really spend most of the consultation determining are you suitable and you know what approach we would take and then telling them pretty much all the you know all the ifs and buts and certainly patients like that um, I think a lot of them have reached a point where it's almost too much to manage their dentition, you know, you know, um, grade three mobile teeth, you know, th- it's very difficult for them to to manage it, but you give them a fresh start and you give them all the, so what we do at our um, definitive bridge fits are we give them a water pick, electric toothbrush, single tufted brushes. We design the prosthetics in a, in a way that's cleansable, you know, if it needs to be off the tissue, um, we will do that Obviously, there's uh, an
1: issue with um, patient motivation because sometimes these patients have have arrived at that point by having a water pick in the cupboard Um, you know it's that's my thing it's just kind of how do you keep them in the loop as it were you know how do you change their habits which have possibly not been very good for so long to become really good habits to look after that, you know, the nice devices that are, that are getting put in place by you guys.
3: Yeah, it is something that, like you say, you have to. Uh, you're very clear with them upfront um, what it takes to do it, and uh, and then we do see them. Say we see patients depending on their risk profile, either every. I mean, we can determine. I can see somebody as often as I like, but you know, every uh, three, six, nine, or twelve months, depending on. Uh, on that risk profile and then as well it's just mitigating all those risks the only thing you can't really control is the is the patient Um, but you know you make an assessment we do as part of the triage as well we do something called uh, uh, an oral health impact profile. that's got OHIP score and it's sort of a questionnaire which determines um, how their dentition is affecting their quality of life based on you know psychologically um, mechanically so uh, all these little factors uh, and uh, even aesthetically so you can sort of determine what are people's motivators what have they struggled with and all you can do is make your best judgment call I think um, you know m- in my experience uh, patients tend to be motivated after a fresh start not everybody but the vast majority do I think a lot of those who come with let let's say a, a full mouth of grade 3 mobile teeth they they've they've given up maybe a couple of years ago and then just kept their head in the sand and thought you know what i don't want to lose them but when you give them that okay there is a way forward you give them the bots and um a lot of them i would say the vast majority given a fresh start tend to take it seriously
1: so do they go on a like a maintenance hygiene plan
3: yes yeah yeah so they'll go on a, a maintenance plan they say based on their risk profile which will be you know, what was their pre-op situation um, and, uh, you know, medical factors, things like dexterity, age, all these, all these things. We have sort of have a scoring system. And then from that, we will then put them on a recall uh, depending on what their risk is.
1: So have you got a, is there a hygienist in Evo?
3: So um, all the clinicians do it. So we don't have therapists, but we do it ourselves. Um, so we'll have, uh, uh, I guess, that was part of my uh, part of my uh, initial training. I was uh, doing uh, doing some, but I think it's quite a good. Uh, it's good just in terms of handling prosthetics. You know, yeah. taking them off, you're cleaning them. You're optimizing the fitting surface. You know, looking can the soft tissue be improved in any way? Uh, all these sorts of things you're looking at, and and yeah, it's the clinical team who actually manage it, uh, the dentists rather than uh, therapists
2: and um lab wise um shimran how many um lab techs do you have in in sally hall
3: at the moment we've got three so we have um a digital technician and an analog technician and then um uh another who kind of does uh, does everything but i think really everybody does everything um uh but yeah we our lab sort of uh we uh we have um Uh, milling machines, so we mill our prosthetics on the day, Uh, we mill them to the uh, implant uh, interface so directly and um, uh, we have a team that, so usually I'll finish surgery, sit in with the digital tech, review the design um, and then we'll finalize that together, now we've got the implant locations and then we'll uh, send that through to millet and then the analogue tech will will finalize that and then even just for, I think it's great for, uh, and this is uh, something I, I, I miss in practice is just for maintenances. So recalls, you know, you can always take it into the lab again, optimize the fitting surface if you need to, or reline it if you need to, or yeah. you know, manage repairs and things like that. It's all just there very and there. easy to just wander into the next room, get it dealt with, yeah. and then uh, um, patient on their way.
2: Yeah, do, but, do, they must be busy people. <laughs>
0: do you do any sort of pre-op planning do the technicians kind of plan things pre-op at all so do they kind of have the the scan the cbct and have a look at the sort of superstructure and maybe plan that before the patient comes in and is there yeah. any of that or is it just yeah
3: yeah so what we'll do is we'll um that's uh that's part of our um multidisciplinary team meeting so we will yeah. we'll have the the data from the uh, clinical assessment we'll then you know i usually just record a short video of our of my thoughts about you know the patient the general uh, idea for the prosthetic plan uh we'll then at the at the meetings we'll we'll get those up we'll, we'll watch the videos and then start you know it's, it's very it's quite nice because it's a uh, everybody mucks in, there's not a, uh, I'm the boss, I, I, I say how it goes. Everybody mucks in, everybody's opinions heard, and then we, we kind of, you know, do what we think is best for that patient. Yeah, and so yeah. we have a general plan and then we get it all up, we look at all the data and we we we, uh, we finalize that. But then, let's say the nature of surgery is you will see something during surgery or you will place your implants in a certain way based on, you know, what happens during the surgery and. It's good to be able to make those tweaks
0: afterwards as well. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, because the design element can sometimes take quite a bit of time. Yeah. So I'm thinking if you just suddenly gave the the technician the scan uh, or the cast, depending I, I think you guys are scanning. You can probably tell me a little yeah. bit more about that in a little bit. Because when I was up at Liverpool, they were still uh, using the, the plaster parrots. But I mm-hmm. thought, if you give that to the technician, the technicians then got to design everything that's quite a lot of work to be able to get that designed and then get that onto the machines and milled and then everything put into place and then fitted because you're probably quite rapid within the surgery uh, because you just basically, you, you know what you're doing. Yeah. You pre-planned it, you know where you're going to be putting the implants within reason. If the bone behaves itself, you're quite quick. But those technicians, that takes quite a, quite a lot of time for them to be able to plan that prosthesis from the scan they have and then get it onto the machines again. It takes certainly a lot longer than you probably take to to put the implants in and close everything up that's it um, i think
3: um we with us having sort of a, a pre-op um set, yeah. uh, i guess you call it a wax up wouldn't you but a digital one pre-op digital yeah. wax up already and and most of the time i would say you know we do our surgery it's it's in the right prosthetic envelope the placements and um uh, we're sort of where we want to be with the wax up all we're really doing is looking at it and saying yes let's let's go to the next stage and you know turn that from a digital uh wax up to a physical uh set of teeth uh but i would say 90 percent of that work is done um you know much long before the surgery and then yeah. um uh, you know final few tweaks on the day based on you know whatever you see during surgery or, or things like that
1: i was impressed so, your, I'm te- on. your technician oh. was um Saying that they'll be able to mill the whole prosthesis in about an hour and a half or something, or they're heading towards yeah. that that level of. I mean, that's rapid, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's
2: very quick, very quick. So, on average, if a patient was seen by yourself today, um, when would they be looking at having the surgery?
3: Um, I would say. Uh, I don't know. I have to have the treatment call. Half later. an hour.
2: Um,
3: yeah. Um it would be like you say if, if they were if it was that they say treatment coordinators would get in touch with them start but the, start the process it would be then consultation um, and then once they've had you know some time to digest that and the consent we'd then follow up on the consultation we do you know basically we call it a validation of the consent we do that afterwards um, and then uh, that's probably um, let's say a week two weeks before surgery and then surgery uh, on the day of surgery it's you know patient in at nine patient out at uh, half five with uh, fixed prosthetics and then um, we will see them uh, we usually follow up just uh, by telephone so we'll, we'll call them three weeks later you know make sure there are no red flags make sure everything's going okay if we need to see them we will if not we'll see them then at six weeks we'll review them check you know soft tissue healing check um, sort of prosthetic positioning because on the day of surgery usually they're a bit a uh, bit swollen and a bit bit sort of uh, wonky and then uh, if everything looks good uh 12 weeks we'll fit them with their um, definitive prosthetics sign them off and then it's on to maintenance so it's it's a really sort of regimented um, uh, uh, process and it's you know like I say all our processes are Quite, quite well developed and then it just allows that efficiency to get uh, get everything done uh, smoothly
2: yeah yeah so i mean if they had a consult at uh, one week it, it, with availability wise it, it could be likely that they'd be having surgery in three or four weeks time
3: something like that yeah yeah
2: and are many and many under sedation
3: um yeah i would say it's interesting on that we we've i mean historically we've generally just used um uh, oral sedation so tamazepam um and um i think probably about a year ago we started doing iv sedation um i don't know i feel like iv sedation is more intense but shorter and it's harder to keep them sort of um uh, i would say a comfortable level throughout the procedure um whereas the um The Tamazepam, it's not quite as intense, but I think the patient's generally more comfortable throughout the day, almost like it's sort of, you know, slower digesting. Um, I think ultimately how I present it to patients is, you know, um, the sedation isn't going to do this for you. And it's one of those where, you know, if needs must, then they will know that, you know, actually it's worth going through it, you know, and justify the means. Um, And I think I find patients who rely on sedation have a harder time of it. If that makes sense. I don't know about your
0: experience. Yeah, yeah. with This, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably, probably very similar actually. Depends on um, the patient for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tend to find generally they because they, they're more the apprehensive ones. They tend to <laughs> have that kind of, I suppose, that, that bigger fear factor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess uh, I don't do sedation personally. We get somebody to come in and do the sedation for us. I just <laughs> bore them with my voice. Really, that's what tends to say <laughs> most people. Tell speak. them about yeah. your gardening yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> let's not go there
0: um that's not well yeah just got <laughs> some more compost tonight so um
2: Aww.
0: in terms of i mean a couple of couple of things that i mean what you do have in sorry because will's obviously been to your clinic and, and seen that was the um the ability to do the intro scanning now you, is it the photogrammetry that you're using yeah it's slightly different so yeah. how does that i mean I, what we would what we saw, or I saw, up in Liverpool, was the um, plaster Paris taking that cast, um, and that gave really good accuracy. But you guys, I think you've gone digital. So, what are you using on the digital stage? How does that differ? Yeah, it's um, uh,
3: going from the plaster um, impression to photogrammetry. I mean, um, I would say plaster, having used it quite a while uh, for quite a while, is. Um, I think it's good. I think it's it's pretty predictable. Um I think um the the, the benefits really of of going to photogrammetry are we can then go modelless. So we've not got, you know, uh, hundreds and hundreds of uh, uh, boxes of, of of patient models stored, but also it's um, you know, uh, even more, you know, accurate. So more accurate as well for us. Um I think as well. During the procedure, it's, uh, it's a, it does make a big difference. Uh, even just the scan flags are smaller than pickups. You know, yeah. You've got a patient yeah. who's had their mouth open for a, a couple of hours. They're tired, and um, you know, starting not to, uh, starting starting to not cooperate, and then you're going to load them up all the way back to the pterygoids with plaster. It's not a pleasant uh, not a pleasant experience for them or myself. So, um, I think all these little factors and just it sort of naturally fit into our workflow, so instead you're just putting scan flags on, you're scanning with an extra oral camera and um and within you know fifteen twenty seconds you've got all the all the data you would get from a three or four minute plaster impression and um uh say we're we're analyzing it to see in terms of you know how does it uh, compare into in terms of accuracy and things, but I think um Looking at it, it's uh, it's definitely improvement.
0: Well, that was going to be my next question. Really, is you're you looking at the comparison between the two? Because I'd, I'd be interested to see because it's some people are a little bit wary of it when it comes to full arch, uh, but I've got a colleague that that swears by it. He does a lot of full arch, uh, but he's using an intro scanner rather than the photogrammetry. Uh, the and then the other thing was the the final prosthesis. I mean, what what I saw, uh, I know it's sold as a functional appliance. But it, it's not just a functional appliance; is it? it's pretty aesthetic at the end of the day. So they do have yeah. some, some very nice-looking teeth. And it's, uh, you know what you it produce is pretty decent quality stuff, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I think um, like say we do we do do it, or we we kind of our angle is is a functional rehabilitation. Um, it, I think just the aesthetics come as a as a side effect of doing it. Really, you know, a lot of these patients like say either are missing a lot of teeth. Um, or uh, terminal perio and um, uh, and it is a uh, it is a step forward regardless if you know what I mean um, but now it's it's something that so we do we look at every single definitive at our multidisciplinary team meetings and uh, and really look and uh, and try and get just get the best outcome for the patient you know um, yeah uh, it's uh, uh, it's good to have that many eyes on it rather than just uh, just myself
1: I think yeah. for me, the, the bit that impressed me was that um, full arch scanner, um, because again, when, you, when you've done it analog, the impression stage just comes at exactly the exactly wrong, time, the wrong time, time, doesn't it? time, doesn't it? You know, yeah. everybody's, literally, everybody's using literally using the will to live, using the will to live. <laughs> um, uh, no, yeah, um, yeah. So, so, really, yeah,
3: so. It really makes a difference, I think, yeah. for the patient's comfort. Uh, it really does. Mm.
2: I bet. I bet. I bet. I bet. Well, well gentlemen, gentlemen, do you have any you more questions? Because unfortunately we've reached that magical, magical time <laughs> of the <laughs> evening. Have, have we lost? you camera off
0: mate.
3: <laughs> My connection seems low at the moment and so I've gone to audio oh. mode. Don't, don't worry, worry, mate. Oh, that's
2: that's don't fine. worry. Don't worry. Well, you, you,
0: what, you, what you've done is you've actually beaten Will because he's
1: usually <laughs> really <laughs> rapid. Uh, I'm usually first one off. Yeah, that's
2: just been being no. your first. You've really upset
1: really him. <laughs> trying to get to my first beer of the evening. So uh, yeah, yeah, never mind. Second place is fine. <laughs> well, <that's,
2: laughs> what we want to say is obviously a massive thank you. Even though we can't see you, we know that you can hear us. So a massive thank you, yeah, Rand, Honestly, yeah, uh, massive, massive. What we are going to do is there'll be some details of how they anybody out there can contact Evo Dental. So yes. we'll put the details on there um, for you. Um, Will Murphy, pleasure as always. Carl Horton, it's all right. Yeah,
0: yeah. When you say contact, do you, we're going to put the stuff on for the EVA experience that for dentistry. Yes, so that anybody, or, yeah. that, anybody that's sort of listening to this dental wise and also patients that uh, yes. are interested. But the EVA experience, just to say that, the thing that Will and I have been on. So you get you get to go for the day. Don't be late like I was. Uh, but you get to go for the whole day and have a look at how Evo works. From the, it's like a tour in the inside of the Cadbury factory, but more, you know, it's more interesting. And and Simon, you know, I'm, I mean, I've never known all three of us want to ask questions so intensely. I feel we, we've been put under a spotlight there, so I do appreciate it. Thank you very much.
3: Oh, thank you for having us. And Yeah, anybody, welcome to come spend a day with us and uh, sort of watch a patient journey. Uh, hopefully, yeah, highly recommend it. Uh, highly recommend
2: it. Right. Well, as we say, we'll definitely put the details on there so that they know who to who to contact. (laughs) Brilliant. Gentlemen, in the meantime, have a fantastic weekend and uh, see you next week. Thank you. Cheers. Take Take care. care. Bye Bye bye.